And if you look with me in 2 Peter, I want to share a scripture with you in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Chapter 3, verse 3. 2 Peter 3, 3 is a scripture. I'm sure you'll recognize some of it, but would you all just let me do a little talking today? I, I've got a lot of things I want to talk about. I don't want to keep you a long time, so I'm going to try to go as fast as I can. But there's some things that I just can't get them off my mind. I know it's what God wants people to hear today. And... Uh, I really believe that time is very short. I really truly believe that we're almost entering the era of the resurrection. And yes, I've thought that all my life, but I feel such an urgency more than ever now. And a lot of other people are feeling it too, and a lot of other pastors are feeling the very same way and they're expressing that God has been telling them that it's almost time but now that being said individually for you and you and you and me we're not promised tomorrow so we have to be ready today regardless of the future of the world we have to be ready today because we don't know there's so many people, every day on Facebook or Twitter, whatever social media you're on, uh, somebody that you know has passed away or some friend's parents or relative or car wreck or, you know, tragedy is all around us, but so is victory. Amen? Tragedy is all around us, but so is victory. The Lord loves every person and he died on the cross for every person, every color every religion, every race, every background, every lifestyle. There is nothing that separates us from the love of God. Now, we have to choose to turn our life around and live for Jesus. We have to choose that. But we're all equal at the foot of the cross. The Bible teaches me that we are all sinners and have come short of the glory of God. That the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And after we receive him and really mean it with all our heart, there is now therefore no condemnation in us or on us that the Lord will remove our sins as far as the east is from the west. He will cast it into the sea of his forgetfulness. The Lord is faithful and just to forget our sins and forgive us as we forgive others. And he is also faithful and just to remember our labor of love that we ministered to the saints and still minister to the saints. This is the promise of God that you can count on. Do not let the world get you subjected to fear. Do not let the chaos that's going around, the twisted morals, the evil being good and the good being evil, do not let that affect you or permeate you because you are a child of God. He has an eternal place for you in His home. This life is boot camp. The next life is the real life. And we're going to live forever doing things that God wants us to do. We don't even know what it is. The Bible never tells us what it is. 
But it's going to be good because God is doing it. Amen. Amen. He is always good in all that he does. The bad things that happen in the world, we do not blame God for that. We blame God for taking bad and turning it into good. We thank God for taking bad and turning it into good. So in Peter, 2 Peter, there's a scripture that I love. Do you think, rhetorical question, but do you think that if God says, if you don't hear anything else, hear this one thing, that it's probably pretty important? And so in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, he says, Know this first, that in the last days there will be scoffers. That means they'll make fun of us Christians. And they'll put us down for believing in God. They'll be walking after their own lusts. In other words, walking means living their lives. They'll be living their lives according to their lustful desires. That's what will govern their lives is what it's saying. Well, we see a lot of that, don't we? That's nothing new in human beings, by the way. It goes all the way back to before the flood. I mean, this is human beings. Some, we allow sometimes our desires to uh, determine our behavior. And so in verse 4, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers went to sleep, all things continue as they were from beginning of creation. I, You know, I'm as guilty as anybody. I... I be listening to some newscast or commentary or whatever or reading an article and I'll think, wow, this world is worse than it's ever been. And this scripture says, no, not really. People have always been this way. And it's just more in our face now because we've got our little smartphones that we're tuned into 24-7 and TV and all the... Instead of having two or three channels where you go outside, how many of y'all was... How many of y'all was the remote at your house? Uh, go change the channel. Uh, go turn the antenna. Open the window. Yeah, right there, right there. Wind blows, you got to go back out. Three channels. Now there's like 3,000 channels, and they're all doing mostly bad stuff. I mean, there's a lot of good on TV, too. And, and I love to watch TV and movies, but it's sad to me that so many things that used to be clearly wrong are now promoted as preferred. And I have a problem with that, and, but it's not really anything new. It's just right in our face, in our vision, and so clear to see. But Christians, a lot of people that are raised in church, have lost their way in their morals. They still, I'm going to say this, a person raised in church, gave their life to Jesus, and really, really mean it, is going to heaven, but still can be off, off track morally. And that's because the world has such an influence on our morals. You know, growing up, we all knew you're supposed to wait to have sex till you're married. Crickets. That's what the Bible says, and it says it over and over and over and over and over and over. Now it's just like even church people don't pay attention to that anymore very often. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that we're supposed to only honor one God and no other religions are supposed to be honored. Our whole country is messed up on that. Amen. The Bible says that we're supposed to honor our father and mother and the father and mothers are not supposed to abuse their children. My goodness, that is a horrible problem today. Both ways. 
parents spitting in the face, uh, children spitting in the face of their parents, cussing them, going out doing everything wild, and parents, the abuse to children today is rampant. And the morals that go on and on, they're not talked about very much. The Bible says we're not supposed to be getting drunk and we're not supposed to be getting high. It says that sorcery is getting high, by the way, if you wonder where it talks about it. The word sorcery means pharmakia, mind-altering. Mind-altering smokes, mind-altering potions, mind-altering drinks, all through the Bible. Stay away, stay away, stay away. In fact, it's forbidden to get high or drunk. It's everywhere. We even have church people that are okay with it. Say, whoa. Now, y'all haven't heard this kind of sermon very much. But it's time that we get back in touch with the basics of what's right and wrong. Amen. This is why we have this plague in our country. We have people that totally disregard these basic godly things. And I'm not perfect. I've messed up on a lot of those same things. I'm not sitting up here saying, oh, do like Randall Christie and be perfect. I'm not saying that. I am saying that we really should strive for morals in our church. The church is the people, right? Whether we're in the parking lot or inside, whether we're having to stay home because we're feeling bad, we're still the church. We don't just behave when we're in the building. We're supposed to follow the Lord every day. Why? Because he's building us a home every day. The Bible says he is building us a place not made with human hands, and one day he's going to get call us to live there. And because his son took that terrible beating, ripped the flesh off his body, because of that, that's why we want to hear him say, well done. Though there's just, those are just four things right off the bat. There's the two other things I want to mention. All throughout the Bible, we talked about these two things in our Sunday school class today. All throughout the Bible, God calls it abomination, 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 abomination. Old Testament and New Testament. These two things. There's three things. I've already mentioned one. One is worshiping false gods. The other is child sacrifice. Killing babies. Did you know that God literally wiped out entire cities because they killed babies? That was part of their routine practice of prosperity. They would kill newborn babies. America needs to wake up to this. God is not going to help us if we keep on killing babies. And the other is homosexuality. God and sexual perversion and sexual sin. God loves you no matter what you're doing. But this is serious business to God. And today it's just like it's made into a joke. But God doesn't look at it as a joke. 
And it's talked about throughout the whole entire Bible. If you want to get right with God, you can. It's not going to be easy. But how many know the Lord can deliver the children of Israel out of the fiery furnace? He can deliver you from anything you're trapped in. Anything you're trapped in. He can. It may not be easy, but he can. So this isn't about saying your sin is worse than mine. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't take it that way. What I'm saying is these things have ruined entire civilizations when God took his hand off of them and gave up on them. America is not immune from the judgment of God. We go on and we read in chapter 3 of Second Peter. This is what people will say in the last days. Have you been hearing this lately? This is what they'll say. Where is the promise of his coming? Since our forefathers died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Have you been hearing that a lot lately? Oh, you preachers talking about Jesus coming. I've heard it all my life. It's not. He, that's a fairy tale. I had a young man tell me that unless I could prove the existence of God, then I need mental health. And I thought, well, some people would probably agree with that part. But I don't have to prove the existence of God. You don't have to prove absolute facts. They're absolute facts. Whether you believe there's a God or not doesn't change the fact that there is one. And he is the only God. The others are fakes and phonies. And they follow the other gods, the false gods, the other deities. They are fallen angels that were kicked out of heaven. And they're trying to hurt Jesus. And it says, because of this, verse 5, people choose to be willingly ignorant. For they are willingly, they are, they willingly are ignorant of this fact. By the word of God, the heavens were of old, the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that was then was before was then overflowed with water. See, the earth was not overflowed with water until the flood came. It was mostly dry land. The waters of the deep gushed forth. There's a point to this. Stay with me. Before the flood, it, it's not just that, oh, it rained a lot. Most of the earth was dry land, and the water was below the crust. There was some water. The mist came up and watered the grass, it says. It had never, there wasn't a watery atmosphere like we have now with clouds and water in the atmosphere. The whole atmosphere was recreated by God. The Bible says it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, but it also says that the waters of the deep gushed forth to the surface for 150 days. I believe I'm right on that number. 150 days. So the flood actually was the water under the crust coming to the surface. And then the earth surface was three quarters covered in water. 
and something very similar is in reverse is going to happen again. Something very similar in reverse is going to happen again. And we don't know when, but what I'm saying is a lot of God's prophets and preachers right now are feeling like that it's very near. And it's going to happen through a series of earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, and asteroid strikes. There, we're going to start seeing meteorites hitting the earth more and more in our lifetime, I believe. We're going to start seeing it become much more frequent. And then very large asteroids will hit the earth. In fact, the Bible says that there will be a time in Israel, in the land of peace, that will go on for a few years and then all of a sudden, sudden destruction. That's not talking about a war. It's talking about an asteroid. And it says it in Revelations three times. It says that it'll be a great, the first one will be huge, like a great mountain burning will hit the earth. The second one will be even bigger, like a great star out of heaven hitting the earth. And the third one will be so massive that they call it death and destruction. In fact, they call it wormwood. It's going to hit the earth and it's going to crack open the crust. And it's going to cause the oceans literally to go back down into the below the earth. You're going to drain the oceans. It's going to move, it's going to flatten the mountains. If you've watched movies uh, about it, it's called extinction level event. You know what I'm talking about? That's what this will be. But they're wrong about the extinction. They're wrong about that. The sun will not shine, the moon will not give its light, the stars from heaven will fall, the dragon will take a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth, on and on. It says every, so many places, it says it. In Revelation it says the stars of heaven will begin to pummel the earth just as it was in the day of Sodom and Gomorrah when God wiped out that civilization because of their wickedness, their serving false gods, and their sexual perversion and promiscuity. I mean, this is not a new concept. It's just that we're beginning to feel like it's very, very close. And God can extend the time. It's up to Him. But we're in a time where we're so lucky, I shouldn't use the word lucky. We're so blessed that God has us written in His book covered by His blood. Amen. Did you know that the only force in the universe that can keep you safe is the blood of Jesus Christ? Amen. And I'm not talking about your mortal life. I'm talking about your immortal soul. Everyone else will have to perish in the lake of fire. And so, please, please, please consider doing what God wants you to do to please Him. Don't go by man's philosophy and man's logic. Go by the Lord's plan for your life.
he said in verse 7, The heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Is it 12 o'clock yet? I was afraid of that. There's so much more I want to talk about, but I won't keep you. But I want you to look at verse 7. But the heavens and the earth, like they are now, by the same word, are kept in store or reserved unto that day, that fire, the day of judgment, perdition of ungodly men. Now here's the scripture that I wanted you to listen to the most. The one where I started out and said, do you believe if God says, you got to hear this one thing. If you don't hear anything else, hear this one thing. This is it right here. It's important. But beloved, please do not be ignorant or do not forget this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. And a thousand years is as one day. God created the earth in six days. We don't know exactly what kind of time period that was. It might have been 6,000 years. Very possible. Could have been six 24-hour days. I don't know, but I know this. In the New Testament, a day is as a thousand years to God, and we're in the New Testament today. And we have already had 6,000 years since Adam. And that tells me that we're very, very close to the seventh day. And the seventh day is a 1,000-year period of time called the resurrection. So this morning, I'm not talking a lot about philosophy or feelings or ideas. I'm talking about specific things that please God and, they don't, and then other things that don't. And that we are right on the threshold of that seventh day. And these things are about to happen. And I would love for you to be, all of us, to be ready. The Bible says that right before the Lord destroys the surface of the earth or allows these asteroids to destroy it, that he's going to take his children off the planet. That's what it says. Right before he allows these asteroids to hit and recreate, He's going to take us off the planet to his heaven. I'm going there. How about you? I'm going there. I'm going with him. When that trumpet sounds, I'll leave the ground. And the Bible says I'll be changed in the air. And those that are 
asleep in Jesus all over the earth. They'll come out. Their souls will come. Their souls are going to come back with Jesus and they're going to reunite with the body here on earth so the whole world can see it happen. What about those that have decayed in the dust? What about those that are scattered in ashes? doesn't matter. It's a new body. They're going to have a new body. The soul's going to come back and they're going to reunite. The graves are going to burst open. Not because they're in that grave. To show the world that a grave is not where we live. The devil is not going to win. But you've got to get serious about Jesus Christ or you'll be left behind. The Bible says that there's ten bridesmaids. And they all, ten of them, think they're going to be in the wedding. But only five of them actually have given their life to Christ. Only five of them are living for Jesus. The other five, they haven't filled their lamps with oil. They, don't, they, really, they really don't believe He's coming or they would have filled their lamps with oil, right? I mean, your actions are very revealing about what you really believe. And so if they really thought He was coming... They would have gone to the market and filled their lamps with oil. That's the illustration that's used. I can't judge anybody's eternal soul, and there's no way I would say, you're going, you're not, you're going, you're not. I wouldn't do that. The fact of the matter is, I am a sinner, and if I get what I deserve, I'd be left behind too. But the fact is, God's going to give me His mercy instead of what I deserve. Because of His blood that seals my name in His book, the blood that he shed on Calvary. you got to make it your own. you got to live for it. you got to give everything you've got for it. you got to be sold out to it. you got to let it guide your relationships. you got to let it uh, guide your life on a daily basis. Give your life to Jesus. You will never regret walking with Jesus hand in hand. And when that trumpet sounds, he'll lift you up. And we're not going to have to be here to go through that recreation of the surface of the earth. We're going to get to watch it, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to rebuild the earth for a thousand years. I can't hardly wait for that. I love life, but I'm really going to love that, that life. Do you know for sure today, if you died, you'd go to heaven, and he would say, come on in. You're one of mine. If not... You can know that you know that you know before you leave here today. Would you pray with me?